as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So I just want to make a few announcements before we get uh, started this morning. Again, we want to say we miss everyone. We're praying for everyone um, that, uh, through this time. We'll get through this. Hopefully, April is going to be the end of this. And uh, as long as we stay home and stay quarantined, it won't spread more. So, uh, But there is already talk of the governor saying maybe it might go into May. So let's just pray that it... it this thing goes away and we could get back to normal life. Amen. The way, way, not the way it was. We want to be refreshed and renewed coming out through this. Amen. So I just want to uh, tell everyone again, glad you're here with us. Uh, our message this morning is going to be called Jesus Paid It All. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, about as we're going to be celebrating uh, communion and things. Those of you that came pick up your communion supplies, we will be doing communion online at the end of the service tied in so you could hold on to them em those emblems if you didn't take them already this morning um, again uh, we just want to remind everyone to stay up to date on Facebook on the Christian Fellowship Church page for all updates for things that are changing and th uh, things that are going on uh, we do still have CDs if you want to come by on Mondays to pick up uh, a CD you're more than welcome to uh, our office is still open from Monday from 9 to 2. Uh, that's, that's the only day that the financial secretary is here uh, to help you out with some of those things. We're here, Brother Josh and I are here throughout the week. But uh, the actual office is officially open Mondays only right now from 9 to 2. Uh, just a reminder, those of you that have uh, kids, uh, New Generations Children's Church, will be live, uh, not live streaming, but uh, replaying their uh, Sunday morning uh, uh video that they're filming right now at one o'clock it'll be available on this page and on new generations page uh, also just want to say ha happy birthday to all those having birthdays anniversary happy anniversary to um, those having anniversaries this week and also want to welcome everyone that's watching again maybe this is your first time of you watched before we're glad to have you thank you for choosing i know you got many choices to watch this morning and things uh I wish I had that cup of coffee most of y'all got right now watching, but uh, <laughs> uh, we don't, so God bless you. So we just want to go ahead and receive the morning's tithe and offerings this week. And um, again, I just want to announce that uh, if you uh, need to turn in your tithes and offerings, we have three ways you could do it. You could go to www.welcomethecfc.com, and there is an online giving service or you could actually uh, mail it through USPS to Post Office Box 1427, La Rosa, Louisiana, 70373, or you could drop it off on Mondays from 9 to 2. Uh, the church uh, telephone number is uh, area code 985-798-7712 if you need more information. You could always pause the video here on a replay and get that information if you didn't catch it right now. All right, so I just want to read a few scriptures this morning from... NIV uh, of, uh, for our offering scriptures, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, 10 through 12 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. And Second Chronicles 20 verse 7 says, You will not have to fight this battle. Take your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord that he will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out uh, to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. So if you have an offering in your uh, right hand or child, you could just hold it up and say this. Repeat after me. Say, as I give in today's offering, I stand in unity with God, his word, and the Holy Spirit. I stand together in prayer and agreement with those in my house, believing God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. I stand with my shield and my sword to war against doubt and unbelief. I stand against all the powers of the enemy. I stand in my place and will not be moved. I will not give up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to have our call to worship this morning before we... uh, begin worshiping so if everyone in here wants to stand up i can encourage you at home if you're there stand to your feet and worship with us here this morning dim the lights in your house if you feel weird close the door or whatever it doesn't matter you know what it doesn't matter if people think you're a nut as long as you screwed on the right boat right amen that is jesus christ all right michelle laughed this morning another miracle amen michelle laughed at one of her dad's jokes amen <laughs> so Amen. Those of you that don't know, we always, my daughter Michelle doesn't like all my jokes. So when I can get her to laugh, it's good. All right. uh, Psalms 100 verses uh, 1 and 2. This is from the message paraphrase. It says this, on your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. And verse 4 says, enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home. Uh, talking praise, thank him and worship him. Father, we just come to you right now. Father, as we celebrate the resurrection of your son, Father God, who's taken away the sins of the world. Father, we just give you praise and thanks for all your mercies and grace that you bestow upon each and every one of us, Father God. Father, we know we don't deserve it, but you love us so much that you gave it anyway, Father. And I just thank you for that. As we enter into worship this morning, I ask that your spirit be present with us here in this place, Father God, that your spirit be present in everyone's home that is watching as we worship you together. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, Amen. Amen. God bless. Let's worship. Amen. to praise this morning.
just raise your hands to him this morning right where you're at. Lord, you are so great, Father. Father, you are in control of all these situations that are going on right now, Father. In church, as we begin to praise him, as we begin to praise him, we begin to see healing in our land. not just talking about physical sickness. I'm talking about complete healing in our land. So just church, begin to raise your hands. Begin to raise your hands to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And begin to praise Him. And we'll begin to see the victory in Jesus. We'll begin to see the victory in Jesus. If we humble ourselves, Turn from our wicked ways. God will heal our land. God will heal our land. His word does not return void. Raise your hands and praise Him and thank Him. Begin to thank Him. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only it's your breath in our So we pour out our praise, pour out our 
begin to thank the Lord in your heart. Begin to lift Jesus. Just begin to worship Jesus. Begin to lift your hands and thank that cross of Christ he came. That cross. That innocent blood that he shed so many years ago for us. So that you and I can be free.
be at home today. That's okay because you can still sing and declare the name of Jesus and who Jesus is. We are free. We are free indeed today. We are free because of him. Because we are who he says we are. We are free today because he is risen. Because he is risen. Because he is Jesus. has overcome any and everything that you could possibly face. He has overcome the world today. He has overcome death and defeated the grave today. Jesus. So we sing hallelujah. Our melody is a weapon of praise today. We seal the deal when we sing hallelujah because it is finished and it is done today. So we seal it with Hallelujah. Hallelujah because it is finished. Hallelujah because the Lamb has overcome the grave today. Hallelujah. It is done. Hallelujah. He is risen. Hallelujah. We are free. And we have all He has overcome death, hell, and the grave today. So keep on singing today. All day today. Just sing. We sing hallelujah. Seal it today. Seal the deal today. And sing it with it. And reseal it with hallelujah. Oh, we sing. Oh, we sing hallelujah. Oh, we sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Love is overcome. Lift your hands and sing it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.
I'll give you one more chance at home to shout hallelujah. Let me hear you from here. All right, amen. You can take your seats, those of you that are in here. Amen. I just want to, you know, uh, again, welcome everyone watching right now and as we celebrate Resurrection Day. Do you know that the Lamb of God, who was slain, killed for our sins, rose again on this day? And I like to say, Today is the day death was defeated. You hear me? Today was the day death was defeated. And what we're talking about is not just in this life, but it's eternal life. Amen. So let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Right there, and you go ahead and turn on the lights here. Amen. Death was defeated. Amen. So if you would, you could get out your Bibles. If you want, you could open the uh, the book of John. We're going to be sharing in there a little bit this morning and going through a different, few different places. And my uh, topic is Jesus paid it all. So what I want to do is just let's go to prayer right now as we get started. Father, we just come to you right now. Those of us that are gathered here this morning, Father God, those of us that are watching online, Father, we come together in unity, Father God, for one purpose, and that is to lift your name on high, to worship you, Father God. And I just pray as we get ready to study your word this morning, Father, that every blind eye would be open this morning to see the truths of your word and your spirit, Father God, that you touch our ears, give us ears of the spirit, that we're able to hear your word and your truths, Father God. Touch our minds that we're able to comprehend your truth this morning, Father. And most of all, prepare our hearts to receive your word this morning. Father, we come against any distractions that would try and set uh, itself up against people hearing your word this morning, those that are in here, those that are at home, Father God. We know the, the, the enemy does not want people to hear your word, Father God. So we take authority right now. We plead the blood of Jesus over every situation, every home right now. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone says, Amen, Amen. Uh, what I want to do is just read from uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 19, which we'll come back to uh, later this morning. But it says this, Jesus was talking, it was at the Last Supper thing. Uh, Brother Darren, would uh, you put up uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 19? Amen. Okay, there it is. And this is what Jesus tells them. He says, and he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body giving, given for you. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. And I think that's important that we begin and realize what he's saying here. They're celebrating the Passover supper, the Passover meal, which is when, when uh, Moses uh, was taking the Israelites out of Egypt and the, the death angel was coming with one of the plagues and God had told Moses, he says, sacrifice a perfect lamb. And he says, take the blood of that lamb and put it over the doorpost of each and every home and the blood of that lamb, the death angel will see and know the pass by and no death shall come to that home. And that's what they were celebrating. That's what they were uh, uh, the Passover meal is all about. But notice what Jesus says. Whenever you do this, and we're taking communion later this morning, he says, whenever you do this, he says, now what you need to realize, it's my body that was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
He's saying no longer is it to be done remembering what, just what God done with Moses there, but he says it's remembering my sacrifice because I am the sacrificial lamb of God. I, my life is going to be given for the sins of all in the world. So as we, we continue this morning, I want you just to just open your Bibles to John chapter 19. And we're actually going to pick up with the last verse that we talked about uh, last week. What Jesus, my King, uh, we ended on this verse, and I want to uh, start here again because there's two phrases in this uh, thing that stayed with me all week. And it was is this. It's, it's starting in verse 4. Notice those first two words. What does it say? Once more. I want you to understand that once more, he, Pilate was coming, bring, him, bring Jesus in front of them and saying, you know, I, I find him not guilty of nothing. And once more was another chance for them. And I want you to understand that every day in our life, when you wake up every morning, it's another once more chance God gives you. Now, we have to serve God and choose God each and every day. It's not just a one-time commitment that you make a commitment back there, then you live like you want the rest of your life. You see, the Bible says he wants to be Lord and Savior of your life. Lord means that he's in control of your life, in charge of your life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter, six, uh, chapter 2, verse 10, that we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared for us to do. The Bible also tells us that you were bought with a price, so live a life worthy of the calling that God has placed on you. So once again, every morning when I wake up, I have to choose to serve him. You know, I could, I could choose to do what I want or I could choose to do what he wants for me. And once again, we are faced with that choice. He says, once again, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis of charge against him. See, even Pilate, the Roman said, look, he's not guilty of anything. He hasn't done anything. See, that's the... The incredible part is that Jesus was the innocent one that died for us. Our sins were placed upon him and he died for us because God loves us. And, and you know, the, the Bible really could be labeled as the greatest love story ever told. It's about God loving his creation, which is us, so much that he does anything and everything, even given his own son's life, to keep a relationship with us. He says, I find no basis with him. Verse 5 says, when Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, and this is where we kind of ended last week, here is the man. And that's what I want to focus on today is, is that thing. We're going to come back to this later on this morning. But once more, here is the man. Once more, when I wake up in the morning, what am I going to do? Here is the man. Am I going to serve him? Am I, I'm, I'm going to live for him each and every day. You see, life is nothing but a continuation of decisions we make. You know, we make a decision, but then our decision makes us. Life is, is, is filled with decisions, and we have to understand that every decision I make not only affects me, it affects those around me. You know, a lot of times people get mad at God for so many things, but really we're, we're living as the results that he gave us free will and other people's decisions 
affect our life. My decisions affect other people's life. And so we have to understand that, you know, however you were born, wherever you were born in a family that was well off or not well off, a lot of it has to do with the decisions your parents made, your grandparents made, your great-grandparents, and it goes down the line. Yeah, I was thinking uh, this morning that uh, my wife's family's from New York, but uh, they, when she was a teenager, they moved to Virginia for a little while, and she stayed in Virginia. And if, if their, her parents moved back to New York, but if, she, if they would have never made that decision to move to Virginia, I would have never met her. Michelle, <laughs> Michelle Eden. <laughs> so those decisions, you know, uh, again, once I, when I was getting out of the Navy, uh, I wanted to stay in, but it was the end of the Cold War thing, and they were uh, processing people out. They were downsizing the military, so they, they would not want to give you a, a guarantee of a duty station or like that. So I ended up getting out, but I was trying to get back in, but they wouldn't let people back in because they were downsizing. And, you know, that decision I was trying to make, I think about those, these days, if, if they would have let me back in, where would I be? A totally different life. So decisions we make define our life. And I thank God that his, he guides us in, in, in different directions we make. But, you know, everyone, uh, decisions are, are all over. You had to decide this morning to get up and watch this video. Or if you're watching at a different time, you got up and you decided to. You decide what, what you're going to uh, wear today. You make all these decisions. Um, you decide what you eat. You know, uh, some of you are probably right now thinking uh, what, what we're going to eat. <laughs> these things. And you know that old saying, you are what you eat? Right? It's true. We are what we eat. You know, the healthier you eat, the healthier you will be. But how come all the food that is bad for you tastes the best? <laughs> right? But let me tell you how, how it is true that you are what you eat. This happened to me. I don't know about you, but I love Walmart, uh, those chicken tenders. I love getting that. I always go and I buy a pound of chicken tenders when I'm leaving because I say I want to make it, put it in my salads. I love it in my salads, but I always eat it before I make a salad. That's the problem. <laughs> They're so good. They are what you eat. And you stand in front of that counter and they got the barbecue chicken. They got the roasted chicken. They got the, all those chicken. In other words, it is ready to eat chicken. Right? So you are what you eat. I look at that ready to eat chicken. And guess what? I buy that chicken. And before I get home, I'm already ready to eat chicken. I am what I eat. <laughs> so... We need to understand <coughs> every decision we make in life affects us. And every morning we have to once more wake up and decide, are we going to live for him or are we going to live for us? I want you to see in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, realizing all that Jesus done for us that we're remembering today and celebrating today is as he gave his life for each one of us. In Joshua it says, but if serving the Lord uh, seems undesirable to you, then what? Choose. You see, he, he's saying this day you need to choose again. We, we need to choose it. You know, maybe you've been serving the Lord in the past, but today you're choosing not to. Or maybe you haven't been, and today you choose to. The life is full of decisions. He says, but choose for yourselves what? This day. How many of you know that 
all the decisions we have in life, there's one decisions that we make that requires two people. And that's talking about being a relationship. Right? You see, it takes two people to decide to be in a relationship. Uh, I've said it many times before, you know, when I was growing up in the 70s, uh, uh, Farrah Fawcett was like the most beautiful girl thing that had her posters up there. And, you know, every teenage boy was in love with Farrah Fawcett. In other words, every teenage boy wanted her to be their her, her girlfriend, right? But guess what? We may have chosen her, but she didn't choose us. So there was no relationship. You'd, both people have to choose to be in a relationship. Uh, so... This is what I want you to understand. God chose everyone and wants to be in a relationship with everyone, but we have to choose to be in a relationship with Him. We have to choose to be faithful to Him. You see, uh, I know many times relationships and with uh, marriages and things, people get into a relationship, and then 20 years later, one decides they don't want to be in that relationship no more. And what does it do? It brings nothing but heartache and pain and everything. And so we have to understand that every day we have to choose to stay in that relationship with God. So it says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors uh, who served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites and in whose land you are living. He says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And you know, a lot of times... You read of all these other gods, and people don't really understand God, a God in your life is anything that becomes more important than Him. The biggest gods in people's lives are themselves. We worried about ourselves, what I'm going to do with this, that, and I, and I put everything before me. That's what pride was. That's where Satan was kicked out of heaven, is he wanted to pray. He wanted to be like God. It was all about him. And the same thing with Adam and Eve. They wanted to be more like God. It's, it's about self-promotion instead of him being head of your life. Right? We, we always want to go to the top, but Jesus says, the first shall be last. See, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. And you see, in God's kingdom, those that are last become first. But in this broken world, we just, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. We just want to get ahead. And, and so we understand that we, un, we sometimes are our own gods. You know, it's not that you have a statue in your house that you're worshiping. It's anything that becomes more important than your relationship with God. Anything that hinders your relationship with God. That's why the Bible says to get rid of all the sin and all the things that hinder you. So things may not be sin in your life, but some things become more important than God in your life. So let's look at uh, John 10, 10 and 11. Jesus says this, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Now I want you to understand that even though we experience with this coronavirus thing going around, they're experiencing so much death in this world. See, Jesus didn't come to die just for us to have life in this world. He says that you have eternal life. For, can I tell you something? God doesn't want us just living like we are now. This is a, it, he's got such a better plan for us. 
He doesn't want us to have bodies that get old and ache and get sick. He doesn't want that. That was never his intention. That was the result of Adam and Eve, the decision that Adam and Eve made that we're still suffering through. And, and don't get on your high horses. You messed up your life. You don't need Adam and Eve's sin to bring sin in your life. We all got sin in our life. Okay? So he says that I have come that you may have life and life to the full. In other words, you, he's going to help you in this life, but it's beyond this life. It's, he's come that you may have eternal life with God. And then in verse 11 says, he tells them, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And I didn't have time to go into all this, but in Psalms 23, very familiar Psalms, where it says I am the, uh, uh, the, about the shepherd, there's four things that it talks about in the first four vo- verses is what a shepherd provides for his sheep. It is a natural and physical nourishment, natural and spiritual restoration, and also divine guidance and divine protection in your life. And that's found in the first four verses of uh, Psalms 23. Uh, Three. So if you want to do that as a side study, you can look at that. So understanding the greatest love story from the beginning of time, God always wanted to be in relationship with man. He's always loved man. He, he made everything for that. Why? I don't know. You know, I, I stand in front of the mirror and I say, why you, why you care about me? You know, why, would, why? Because we're so insignificant to what he is. But that's his amazing love, that he loves each and every one of us. And if we look uh, back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 2, it says this, Then the Lord God formed uh, a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. I love that. See, apart from God's breath, we don't have life. Apart from it, Jesus says, I am the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we really don't have life apart from God. Then he goes on to say, now the Lord planted, listen how he, he, the place he created for man. Okay, now it's talking about Eden. Eden was a, 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 an area, but this says it was in the east of Eden, okay? So it says this, the garden in the east of Eden uh, He said, now the Lord planted the garden in the east of Eden. There he put man that he had formed. Now, those of you that don't know that word Eden, the garden of Eden, Eden means delight. It was was the most beautiful place you could ever think of. God had it uh, decked out in every type of way. God God did not make a rough place for them to go. Look what he goes on to say. the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. Think about that. that pleasing to the eye. So what, it means it was beautiful. Luscious, beautiful thing and, and good for food. It had everything they ever could have wanted. But then something happens. It says, uh, in the middle of the garden was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And everyone knows what ends up happening. God tells them, you know, you just can't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because once you become knowing about the good and evil, you will be accounted to it. And you will have to obey. And again, for them to eat from that tree, very firstly, was breaking God's command, so they've already sinned. Just the act of doing it. 
And it is passed down, that sin is passed down throughout the bloodline of man and into each and every one of us. So then it goes on to say, jump down to verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent, the, Satan, was more crafty than all the other wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, I always, I always stop here, thinking about original creation, how weird it is. You know, this was before fear entered their life, anything else. I, I would have never been close to the snake. <laughs> I, I am scared to death of snakes. I throw spiders all over me, but just don't throw a snake on me. I, I can't take a snake. And, uh, but there's another thing that's interesting. Because when you look up the original word serpent, snake, it is a snake. She was talking to him. It makes me just wonder, how was that original creation? That she wasn't, hey, man, what, this animal's talking. You know, if, if you go home today and you got a, a dog or something and it starts talking to you, you're going to start freaking out. This, this don't seem normal. But all of a sudden, this uh, snake is talking to her. It, it just blows my mind. I wonder how, how that creation was, how, how different it was. And then it goes on to say, it says that he told her, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? And this is what I want to uh, share here with how, the way Satan works. Okay? He's not, he didn't try and tell her not to believe in God or denying God's existence. Right? Because he knew she already seen him. All right? There's many people in this world that believe in God. See, what he got her to do is not believe God. That's the difference. It's not about believing if God exists. It is believing that the words he says are true. And he begins to cause her to doubt him. And in her doubt, what he's trying to do is make her put her own mind and explanation is, well, let's figure it out. What did God really mean? Instead of, no, this is what he meant. This is what it says, and this is what he meant. And, we, you know, that, that's why I say that so many times people disagree with the Bible. Okay, you could disagree with the Bible, but that does not make the Bible wrong. Right? Yeah, they say, I don't believe in that. I don't believe this. I don't, you know, atheists don't believe God exists. So if I say, I don't believe atheists exist, do they no longer exist? <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Just because you don't believe something exists doesn't mean it doesn't. Okay? So, but we, back to this point is that he was not trying to say God didn't exist. He's just trying to say, I want you to begin to doubt God's word. I want you to throw in your thoughts, your ideas, how things should go. Uh, the way God, in other words, I want you to start making God how you want him to be instead of accepting he is who he is. And everyone knows that, that the fall came from there. So we, we got to not only believe in God, but believe God. Every word that he says. Because when he told him, you will surely die, what happened? Death came. Spiritual separation from God and death uh, came in there. Amen. Tell the president I'll call him back after a while. I heard that phone ringing. Uh, so look what 2 Corinthians 10.5 says. 
we demolish, thinking of what was, what, how Satan went uh, and tempted Eve. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension, which means a, a doubt. We need to destroy anything that comes up against, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. He's saying that thought in your head that's beginning to question God's word in any way, you need to make, take that thought captive and not because what God says is what God says. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. God's word is the truth. You know, that, that old saying that pastor said, uh, uh, God's word says it and I believe it so it's true. No, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. If God said it, it's true. Plain and simple. So we need to take, uh, it, that takes itself up against the knowledge of God and to take it, what, captive and to uh, every thought and make that thought obedient to Christ. You see, Eve would have had to say, no, no, I'm not listening to that. This is what he said. You have to shut, that's why it's so important that you be careful what you feed in your mind, who you listen to. Make sure it lines up with the word of God. Amen. So... Again, man falls from the very beginning. It does, you don't have to get far in this book. Only on the first few pages, you, you already run into where man has fallen short of God and messed up. But God shows His mercy and grace to mankind from the very beginning. And we see it in, in the book of Genesis. Again, what is mercy? What is grace? Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Adam and Eve and us sin, and we deserve punishment for that sin. But God's saying, you know what, I'm going to have mercy, and I'm, instead of punishment going on you for the sin, I'm going to put it on my son on the cross, and he's going to pay for that. Then what is grace? Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve is restoring a relationship to us, giving us his son that we didn't deserve because, you know, even when his son was on the cross, people were rejecting him, spitting on him and doing and things. You know, I couldn't imagine having a child sacrifice so much for people that don't appreciate it. You know, that would, that would get you so upset. And yet he has his son dying on the cross and they're spitting and mocking him. And Jesus says... Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Uh, I shared this many times before, and I wanted to share again this morning, since I have a little bit of time, that a, a, the best illustration I've heard of mercy and grace was this, that a man had a son, and someone murdered his son. And that son was sent to prison with a death sentence because of what he had done to that man's son. But that man went to the warden and the governor and said, I want, don't want to hold no charges against him. He says, I want him to be set free. I'm not holding against him. And not only when he's set free from the prison, I want him to come into my home and everything that belonged to my son, my son's room is now his room. My son's belongings are now his. You see, that's God's mercy and grace that goes beyond. He, we, he gives us mercy for what our sins done to his son, and he gives us grace giving us everything that Christ has. 
that we could become children of God. And then we see the actual, in Genesis chapter 3, the very beginning, we begin to see God and God showing the, the first gospel where it says this, he, he tells Satan, I will put enmity, hatred between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. Now that word offspring translates seed. And uh, a few weeks ago, months ago, I had spoke on this a little bit, that this is important. Uh, but the seed comes from who? The father, not the son. Not, not the wife. The, the seed comes from the father, not the wife. Okay? So w- w- when he's saying it, he's actually revealing that it will be his son through Mary, through humans that will come and defeat Satan. And he says this. He says, uh, uh, And between your seed and hers, or your offspring and hers, he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. So what is he saying? Is He's saying you will strike his heel. It will look like you're going to hurt him. But he says he will crush your head. In other words, a death sentence. And this is the day death died. That this takes place. So I want to just share four quick points with you this morning. Is that you re- really need to, number one, realize how much God loves you. How much God loves each and every one of us. For everything that happened... Psalms 100 verse 5 says this, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And what what he's saying perishing there is, is not that you won't die in this world but that you won't be eternally separated from God. He didn't, again, he didn't die for you just to have life in this world. It is eternal life. Verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And 1 John 3.16 says this, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ now notice that next word, laid down his life for us. You know, a lot of people think that, that the Roman soldiers are, uh, is, is why he went to the cross. Jesus says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down. It, it, he could have easily called in angels to overpower everyone. But he chose not to. And I, I want you to know that when he was on the cross, it wasn't hit the nails holding him there. It was God's love for you that held him on that cross because that's where he needed to be to fulfill what his father had. He says, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Next thing I want you to realize is that God loves you, but letter B is that I have sinned. We have all sinned in our life. See, it's easy to compare ourselves to others. But when God talks about you have sinned, it's not about to other human standards. You know, it's easy to say, well, at least I'm not as bad as this person or that person. But what all we're doing is comparing imperfection with imperfection. In other words, I'm, I'm just comparing one sinner to another sinner. But no sin could be in the presence of God. Right? And, and we, don't, we don't even realize how much we sin. I, I really believe that. 
that even when you think you had a perfect day and didn't mess up at all, you still probably you sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Because it's not just outward acts. Okay? It's the heart. You know, Jesus was asked, he says, you know, uh, what about adultery? And Jesus says, well, if you've lusted after someone in your heart, you're just as guilty as committing the physical act. You see, so sin isn't just outward acts, it's inward thoughts, inward feelings. If you ever had an evil, uh, bad thought about someone else, it's almost as like murder. Right? Again, has anyone in here ever told a lie? Everyone watching out there? We all have. If you said no right now, you're just lying, so you just sin. Okay? As a child, as innocent as the lie would be, what does the Bible tell us? That, that thou shalt not lie. So we sin, we fall short. Anyone ever stole anything? As simple as it was, if it was a pencil from school, something, something nice that seems nothing, but it is still sin. So if you've said you never stole anything, you just lied to me again and sinned again. So well, we got you on two sins just in five minutes. Right? So we all fall short of the glory of God. If mom said, don't eat a cookie in the cookie jar till after supper, and you went and you stole a cookie. Right? It's stealing. So we have to understand. Look, look what Isaiah 59, 2 says. 2 and 3 says, But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt. Your lips have spoken falsely and your tongue mutters wicked things. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin. We, We all know we've sinned. Again, even if you think you haven't, the sin of Adam and Eve has been passed down through the bloodline. That's why you're getting older. That's why your body's going to be slowly dying through. That is the curse of the sin of Adam and Eve. All right? So it says the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God, notice it doesn't just say is life. It says is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is eternal life, not just life. You know, that that reminds me, and I think back of Lazarus. When Jesus was just showing them that through the Father bring glory to God, that that God still has power over life and death. That Lazarus dies and he brings him back to life. But guess what? Lazarus was just brought back to life in this world. He still died again later. He still had physical limitations. He still had a body that got sick. And that's why he's saying, God doesn't want to just heal you to get sick again in this life. He says, I have come that you may have eternal life beyond this. That's why Jesus says, even though he dies, he will live. Because it doesn't end here. You know, when they take me in a coffin down to Holy Rosary Cemetery... It does, my life didn't end there. It's really just beginning. I'm just beginning to enjoy that eternal life with our Father. Letter C. You need to know that God loves you. We have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus paid it all. See, Jesus done what we couldn't do. The Bible tells us 
that when Jesus was speaking about salvation, he says, this is impossible for man, but with God, all things are possible. See, man couldn't die for his own sins because it was a sinful person dying. But Jesus was innocent. It says this, he himself, this is 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die the sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd, the, overseers, uh, the overseer of your souls. And this is what I always say. It's when Jesus was on that cross, God's love was holding him there, and what God done was take all your sin, all my sin, and place it upon Jesus. And he took Jesus' righteousness and offered it to us. That if we accept him as Lord and Savior, his righteousness would wash us clean. His sacrifice, his blood that he shed on that cross was for the forgiveness of our sins. Romans 5.8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love for us. And I love what it says, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. You see, God doesn't say, hey, you need to clean up your life before you come to me. Because guess what? You can't. It's only through God's power and spirit living inside of you that you can overcome this world, that God helps you overcome this world. 1 John 4, 9, and 10 says this, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So we come back to letter D, brings us back to the very first thing we talked about this morning. I need to decide today. In other words, once more, here is this man brought into your life. Once more, God has brought the gospel to your life and you have to choose what am I going to do with this man. See, Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20 says, This day I call heavens and, and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you the decisions that we make. We, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses, curses. And he says, now choose life. Let me stop there for a second. Do you see how much God is for you? He says, this, he's saying, this is laid out, blessings and curses, and he's trying to encourage, please choose life. Choose life. He says, now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. Think about that. The Lord is your life. When you surrender to him and make him Lord and Savior of your life, those things that he has prepared for you, and we'll see in a little minute about in communion, what Jesus tells them, that it's not about you anymore. Your life is about pleasing him and serving him and sharing what Jesus Christ done. He says, for the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in this land. Then we're going to jump quickly to 1 John 1, 8 and 9. 
It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. You see, he's telling us, you may not think you sin. You may think you're the best thing since sliced bread and fry eggs. I'll even throw in some fried lunch meat. You may think you're the best thing since that, but we still fall way short of the glory of God. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So as this morning, as we get ready to receive communion, those of you that are at home, you, you could get your emblems. Those of you that are here, you could uh, prepare them and open up the little container. What we're holding in our hands is a cup of juice that represents the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed. The wafer represents his body that was given and broken for each and every one of us. And notice what it says. I'm going to be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 22, starting in verse 14. This is at the Passover meal, Last Supper. He says, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, and this is key right here, take this and divide it among you. In other words, what we're holding here represents our salvation, the body and blood of Jesus Christ that was given. But notice he tells them, Take this, but don't just keep it for yourself. Take this and divide it amongst you. Share it with the others because we all need it and everyone else needs the, the uh, body and blood of Jesus Christ to forgive their sins. After taking the cup, he said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until it finds, kingdom, uh, until it finds the kingdom of God. And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it. And gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. <coughs> in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup. Uh, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So remember, the Passover was celebrating what happened in Egypt a long time ago. But Jesus is saying now. I need you to remember what I've done for you. It's all about me. My body, my blood that was shed. <coughs> so if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity here today. Because what, this is symbolic of what takes place in the spiritual sense. That you're receiving the body and blood of Christ. Amen. So if you haven't, I would just want to ask you, I'd ask everyone just to stand here. Everyone at home, if you don't mind standing, and just repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I admit that I fall short in many areas of my life. But I believe that you love me so much that you sent your Son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
At this time, go ahead and receive the emblems. Amen. Let's just close this service in prayer right now. Father, we come together today, those that are here and those that are watching online. And Father, in unity, we just begin to thank you, Father, for the precious blood that was shed of your Son on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you that you love us, Father God, even though we fall short in many areas. Father God, that you still want a relationship with each and every one of us, Father. And once again, we choose, Father God, to serve you this day and every day of our life. Father, we just speak blessings upon each and every one that, are, that is here today and watching online, Father God. I pray that you just bring refreshing in their spirit today, Father God, and draw us closer to you, Father God, than we've ever been before. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Enjoy the rest of your resurrection day. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. God bless you.